Have you ever been off in a rush, heading to somewhere, and you grab your iPad and take it with you and click on it, and it had been plugged in? Well, today, <laughs> I have my little phone, so, and it's a big phone, because my iPad wasn't charged up. But anyway. It was spring. I remember the moisture that was in the air, and it was kind of sultry, as some would say, maybe poetically. And my firstborn son was with me as I was studying. I'd gone back to college and was trying to finish my bachelor's degree with my oldest son being two and a half. And I was sitting on our couch trying to study, trying to watch him, and trying to find him a channel maybe that would distract him. Oh, I'll turn on the TV. You know, I was a first-time parent, don't judge. So, and I was desperate. And so I tried to find a channel, and as I was flipping the channels, I came across this infomercial type thing where you know how they hook you in and they show you starving children and they have no food everyone's familiar with those ads right and and it seems like a TV show and but at the moment I was vulnerable and my son said dada that one and and so um but you know and, and it's, no, that one, that one. And okay, so I left it there. And it went on, and I'm just telling it as it happened, not as this is the greatest parenting in the world. <laughs> I'm just saying this is what happened. And so my son sat there and watched, and they were showing children. They were showing other parts of the planet that my son hadn't seen. And I felt something tug, not just in my own heart, but something was connecting. He was two and a half. And now he's 24, 25, 24. This is 2019. <laughs> and he sits here sometimes with the big red curly hair. And, but at that point, he was two and a half years old. And after that had gone on and I was pretending to study but also watching him, I didn't realize. But he turned and looked at me and he had tears. He was two and a half. He had tears going down his face. And he came up and he said, Daddy, they, they don't have food. I said, that's right. He said, they don't have toys, you know? So that's right. And he just stood there perplexed and his curly red hair and a diaper so small, so innocent, you know? I mean, 
And so I, I sat there, and he left, and he went into his bedroom. And this was in family housing at the school, and he brick walls, you know, just plain. And, and he went into his colorful room with all of his toys, and he got his big piggy bank. And he came back in there where I was sitting, and, and he gave it to me. And he said, I want to give to those kids. I said, this is yours, though, Ian. This is yours. People have given you this. And he said, but look, look at my room. I've got too many toys. He was too and a half years old. Two and a half. So then he says, I want to give them all my money. And I said, okay, here's, here's the way these programs work. You know, you send money in, they send it, you adopt a child. You know, people have seen that, right? And so, and that's where I was. And so we, with my son, who is saying, I want to do this, I called the number and let my son talk to them. And then he said, I want someone my age. And so they did. And the boy that my son adopted at the age of two and a half, who was his exact same age, born in the same month, my son, after explaining to him, this has got to go on until this boy is 18. That means this many years. <laughs> And my son, two and a half, and then throughout his life, as he was growing up, I, I, I reintroduced the idea to let go of that, if that was something he was no longer, oh, no, 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 no. We didn't even go into that conversation. He was set. And he lived through, even during times when I was in seminary, and broke as all get out a commitment that he held all of us to all every family member that he could get money from he made sure that our commitment was met and did until they both turned 18 years old And so what my son taught me when I was trying to teach him, being the parent that I was, you stick with commitments that were even maybe started out of an immature stage of our lives. When other people's lives are at stake, there's something that holds us on to that commitment. Did you kind of hear that sort of language in Greta's quote? Did anyone see her on television when she gave that speech? She did not hold back. 
And as I began seeing these climate marches that were being held all around the world that were started by youth like Greta, but just to let you know, the UU has a group of students that have been doing the same things as Greta for quite a while now. I got to spend this last, um, this is now almost October, but um, last month with one of those, and his name is Levi. And is anyone familiar with Levi? Anybody that's in that circle of stuff? He's a 12-year-old he's a activist. And he is the most exciting and energetic person that I've ever been with in most recent times. Um, and he is passionate about doing what adults say they're doing. And he is very much in the same vein as, as Greta Thunberg. And so we've had these youth that, that, that we want to bring up and as they're on the news and as the momentum is building, we've got these incredible examples. And like my son, and as I began working on this sermon, it's, it started as one of the most wonderful subjects because I've wanted to be a father since I was four. I'm not joking. I'm, I would look at babies and go, oh, can I hold? You know, even when I was little, I love children. And so that's why we're still having children. <laughs> oh, but Zeke's it. No more. No more after that. So anyway, I mean, miracles happen. But anyway, according to my wife, we're having no more. We'll just leave it at that. Um, that's my authority. So anyway, that was a big sidetrack about our own lives. But I love children, and, and I always want children to be a part of my life, no matter where I am. I love, and, and so when, when they do exemplary things, I want to show that, and I want others to see that. And that no matter where we are in our own age, development, social views, psychological views, wherever we are, there's something we can learn from our children. We can learn these values that they stick with, like the way that they respond to empathy. The way that they reach out to others, no matter where they come from, no matter what. And so we have all these positive things that our children show us every day. And so this was the easiest sermon as I began developing. And I, oh my goodness, sorry, that was my wife. Zeke fell asleep, and so she's trying to let him sleep in the seat. Anyway. Um, and so it began as one of the, the, the most glorious type of sermon I could ever develop, and I loved it. But then the more I started reading about our leaders that are kids, it started to break my heart. Because these kids are doing things only because we're not. These kids are only doing things because we're not. 
because of those needs that they see right in front of them, that's why they're having to do it. Because we're not. And that... And so I struggled, and I talked to my wife, and I really wrestled with this, because this was impacting me, not just as something to share. This was really, you know, when you have an epiphany of sorts. And so, excuse me, just a second. Coffee day. Okay, and pumpkin spice is back, so that excites me. Um, this, 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 it's like seeing innocence in these children, but they're in such harsh conditions, such little hope in some ways, especially as climate is indicating and different extinctions that happen, and they're worried. We, and so as, 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 Absorbing ourselves and being led by the children. And as Jesus said, these, these children get it. You want to be a part of this kingdom? You want to be a part of the Martin Luther King Jr. movement of being a true kingdom of God? Jesus said, look at the kids. And unless we become like them then no one will understand what that really means. Well, what are our kids telling us? What are they telling us? We need to join with them. We need to join with them. No matter where we're from, no matter what age we are, we've got to stick up for them. Because a lot of our kids are getting bullied just for standing up. And we need to help support them. And then listen to them. What worries you about next year or the year after? Listening to them. Being in relationship with them. And learning from them. And if you don't have kids then let me know. We will rent ours out for a small... No, I'm just joking. If you're not around kids, read on the internet what the kids are saying. Kids like Greta, but there's more. There's Autumn Peltier, who's Anishinaabe from Canada. She is now in her, in her tribe. She had to take over an elder's duties because they all died prematurely because of their environmental degradation. And she's 12 years old. And she had to step up because no one else would or could. And now she's being nominated for a Nobel Prize. And she said, I'm only doing this because no one else would. And so what... Where does that leave us? And so let's support our kids and their vision and their security. And even in these areas where it seems like they are actually showing us how to do it, 
come alongside and listen to them. As I worked with Levi this summer, and I'll end with this, I promise, because with the kids, I, I've got so many stories that I try to cram in, and there's too many. But this summer with Levi, when I was in the mountains of North Carolina at the Mountain Retreat Center, and Levi, of course, I can't keep up with him because he's, a, he's 12. <laughs> That's actually all. <laughs> he's 12. And so, um, but he would just go around, 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 around. You know, and, and, and then sometimes he would come and just come down and be so intense. And bam, bam. You know, he's like, here's what's important. Here's a, now I'm going to play. Boom! And he would be gone, you know. And, and so... Like, I get it, you know? He's not stopping his own life and what feels good with him. He's incorporating all of it, all of that together. And I wasn't the only adult there that learned from Levi. And we all had that common thing where Levi, he has the energy and dynamic and voice that is prophetic about what needs to change. But yet he also can play with the kids and do goofy things together and be himself. we got to fit in here somewhere. All of us are like puzzle pieces, and I know we fit in somewhere together. So let's find that place and join these kids because they are so extraordinary and continue to blow my mind. They really do. Amen.